And we welcome you back to Local News Live, everybody. Mike Bell here. I am about to speak with Morgan Lowe. He is an investigative reporter with AZ Family out of Phoenix, Arizona. We are talking today about uh, Arizona hosted, or held rather, its first state execution, capital punishment in eight years of uh, a man. His name was Clarence Dixon, age 66. He died this morning, Wednesday, uh, 10.30 of uh, lethal injection. So right now we are going to go to AZ Family's uh, uh, investigative reporter, uh, Lowe. Uh, so can you, uh, Morgan, can you hear me? All right, awesome. So Morgan- Yeah, I can hear you, Mike. Taking the time. There it is. Okay, a bit of a delay, but we can sure. deal with it. So Morgan, first off, thank you for taking the time to talk okay. to me. Morgan, tell me a little bit about uh, what happened today. What, First off, before we get to the execution of Clarence Dixon, uh, let's talk about capital punishment in Arizona. It has been eight years since the last capital punishment was carried out in Arizona. Why eight years, lethal injection, what are the details? Yeah, so like many other states that have capital punishment, Arizona found itself in a position where it was having trouble locating the execution drugs because the drug makers who have these drugs used for surgeries and that kind of thing objected to it being used for capital punishment. So they basically stopped selling it to states. So states like Arizona had to get the drug other ways. And that was a big question at the time. So eight years ago, there is an execution here, a man named Joseph Wood. Uh, it took two hours and 15 doses of the execution drug for that, that execution to be fulfilled. So as you may imagine, that created an investigation. All executions in Arizona were put on hold for a few years while the courts figured out what the new protocol was gonna be while the Department of Corrections figured out how they were gonna move forward and try to do so in a way that is professional and humane in the way if you're going to have the death penalty and you expect your state to carry it out, they wanted to carry it out that way. So eight years later, we have the first execution this morning. All right, Morgan, well, uh, pretty good background. Can you tell me a little bit more about Joseph Wood? What exactly happened with uh, that execution? Why it was considered I, I, I suppose botched is probably the best word. Uh, that's the one I believe I've heard a lot in the news reports since. Yeah. I remember hearing about it when it happened. Uh, basically, was it just uh, the, the drugs weren't effective or was there something else at play? You know, we've never really gotten a complete answer about exactly what went wrong. Um, I think from an outside point of view, the drugs were not effective the way they were administered was not effective. There was a problem in delivering the amount of the drug to him uh, that would cause somebody to die and not just be sedated. Because basically a lot of these execution drugs are sedatives. And what they're doing is they're overdosing the patient. Uh, or in this case, they're overdosing the, the um, condemned inmate. So at that right. point, they, they were using a two-drug cocktail. And they were sort of getting these from sources that were outside of what you and I would consider the mainstream chain of command. We're not sure if they were getting it from a compounder at the time or they had gotten the drugs from a supplier overseas. 
what they're doing now is doing a, a one drug dose of pentobarbital um, and, and they believe, and as was shown today, that dose and that method was effective because today's execution went off uh, from what the witnesses say fairly smoothly. Right, right. Okay. So um, before we get to the execution itself uh, of Clarence Dixon, uh, tell me a little bit about Clarence Dixon, age 66, killed uh, by lethal injection, executed by lethal injection today at uh, 1030 in the morning in uh, the time zone. So he was convicted of murder of a 21-year-old Arizona State University student, Deanna Bowdoin. Uh, what can you tell me about Clarence Dixon? What can you tell me about the case? Yeah, Clarence Dixon, th there was never really any question about whether he was innocent, whether he did this. And in fact, uh, he's accused and was connected to as many as 13 sexual assaults that occurred before and after the murder that he ended up being put to death for. Uh, his first stint in prison was 1976, I believe, 1978. Um, he committed this murder in 1978, a 21-year-old uh, ASU Arizona State University student named Dina Bowden. Um, he did not get connected to this crime for years and years later. Um, but in 1984, he was sent to prison uh, for life for a series of sexual assaults. So when investigators finally connected him to this uh, murder, he was already serving life in prison. And, and after the trial, which ended in 2008, that was 30 years after the actual murder, after that trial, he was moved on to death row, and he's been on death row ever since. His lawyers argue that he is uh, paranoid schizophrenic, that he's uh, elderly and practically blind. Uh, and, and those were the arguments that they made to try to get him, try to get the execution stayed. Uh, there was a lot of legal wrangling moving up to this. As recently as yesterday, I watched the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals listen to uh, his attorneys describe about describe him as being non-competent, incompetent to be executed. Uh, this morning, the Supreme Court of the United States um, just denied the claim, denied that they were going to look at, at it, the stay, and the execution uh, went off, um, you know, the way it was planned. It, it, was, it was interesting to listen to his attorneys describe him as basically someone who was non-functional, and then listening to witnesses describe how he behaved today, which was, sounded like he really kind of knew what was going on. He had anger about what was going on, and he was, he was pretty defiant. So he was lucid, he was aware of his surroundings from what you believe. It, this wasn't a case of somebody like not knowing, not like being very confused, I suppose, about uh, what they were about to go through. It sounds like Clarence uh, basically knew what was going on. Yeah, and you know, the argument for incompetence is that you are unaware or you have the inability to understand the consequences of your action or you are unable to aid in your defense. And it's a little different during the habeas corpus appeals process for a death penalty case. But his, his lawyer's arguments were that he was, you know, not able to appreciate that he was being put to death for this case in 1978 that he had some imaginary world that he was being framed for some other case right so we uh 
speaking from covering crime for so many years, personally, I've covered a number of these appeals cases and they will make this argument, sometimes successfully, sometimes not, that the uh, defendant uh, is convicted and they, they didn't know what was going on or they're mentally incapacitated that they can't appreciate the situation or the gravity of their crimes. So with all of that being said, his appeals uh, uh, ultimately mm -hmm. failed. The, the governor uh, did not issue a last minute stay of execution and then the uh, Supreme Court ultimately decided to go ahead uh, and allow the execution, I should say. So that's kind of the uh, big point of today. First time in eight years, Arizona held a uh, capital punishment. You were there, kind of set the scene, you know, let, let us, what, what did you see? What did you experience? What did you hear? So I didn't witness the actual execution, but I, I interviewed a couple of the media witnesses who were chosen to witness it. It's a pretty sterile, pretty sort of ritualistic, um, you know, minute by minute action here. You know, last night he was taken from death row into a building that houses the death chamber. He's given his last meal. Um, is given, offered a mild setting. I have to interrupt real quick. Morning, any idea, um, any idea what his any, last meal was and any idea on last words? Yeah, the last meal uh, was Kentucky Fried Chicken and strawberry ice cream and a bottle of water. And yeah, and last words were, were interesting. I wrote down a little bit of what they said. He was, he was strapped to the gurney. Um, they had inserted the IVs. He looked straight up and he said, Maybe I'll see you on the other side. Dina, I don't know you. I don't remember you. He was, um, you know, saying that he was innocent up to the end, uh, being defined. He was also apparently badgering the medical technicians who were inserting the IVs, was being combative with them. But uh, never looked toward the witness area, never looked toward the cameras that were in there, just looked straight up. And when I say cameras in there, it's closed circuit television. It's not broadcast just closed circuit for right. the prison here for the witnesses. Okay, all right. Uh, Morgan, anything else, maybe something I may have overlooked uh, when it comes to uh, Arizona's first execution in eight years? Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if you can comment on this really, but are we expecting another one anytime soon or could this uh, be the first one in a while? Yeah. First one to come in a while, I mean. Yeah, there's another death warrant, right? Yeah, there's another death warrant that's been issued already, uh, scheduled for June 8th, uh, another um, notorious murder of an eight-year-old girl from the Tucson area, man named Frank Jarvis Atwood. Um, he's set to appear uh, at some point in the next week or so in front of the Arizona Board of Executive Clemency to try to get that um, case uh, stayed. Uh, asking for clemency, but if that fails, uh, he'll be executed on June 8th. So uh, we could be back here in uh, just under a month. Right. Well, Morgan Lowe, thank you so much. Uh, investigative reporter with AZ Family, taking the time out of his day to talk to us about Arizona's first execution in eight years of Clarence Dixon convicted of murder in 1978. So Morgan, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, please have a good one. We'll be in touch uh, if, well, if uh, this comes again. Yeah, you bet, Mike. Take care.